Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Yo, welcome to the basement. It's great to see you guys. Post WrestleMania episode, we were having one of the biggest figures in WrestleMania 39, a guy who was all over all weekend, involved with everything. The Miz comes on today. We got a lot to talk about with The Miz. Mike is an old, old friend of mine. I've been friends with him for over 20 years, and he's, he's going to call, and I got a lot of questions about him and McAfee, him and Snoop, him and Shane McMahon, him and Kittle. We're going to ask all of the stuff to The Miz. He's calling in a little bit. Plus, the number one biggest sports story of the weekend comes from women's college basketball. I have a very strong opinion on it and about trash talking. We need to talk about this quickly and emphatically because it's getting out of control, the reactions to this thing. Plus, the Lamar thing, I can't abide it anymore. I can't talk about it. And what's hilarious, imagine one of the greatest ESPN broadcasters of this era and a comedian from this era as well on TV, live together. Did you see Reese Davis talking to Carrot Top? I can't unsee it, and I love it. It's my favorite interview of 2023. So much to get into, starting with what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Brick. Here we go, huge story from over the weekend. Women's college basketball leads me here. Women's college basketball. I love it. Having a moment. You know what else I love? I love trash talking in sports. I love getting in your opponent's face and telling them you just beat them. I love getting in your opponent's face and telling them you're better than him or her or everybody on the team. I love it. We're seeing a whole referendum on that entire industry of trash talking right now from the women's college basketball final four uh, championship game. I was Caitlin Clark. You know her. You love her. Incredible player. She had earlier in the tournament done this, can't see me, it's this disrespectful thing, it's this screw you type of thing, I got you, I'm better than you. And in the waning seconds of the game, they're lost to LSU. Angel Reese of LSU kind of tracks her down, walks to up there, and just does it right here, and then points to a ring, just gets right in her face. And as she points to a ring, other people clutch their pearls and faint and write long, long-winded columns about the loss of decency and the loss of respect and the loss of sportsmanship and all that. And I think it's just all BS. I love it. There's no place for talking trash in sports. That's why you play sports. So you can do that. So you can win. I saw it. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. I like, I like that stuff. I like to getting in people's faces, get off my court, my house. I win, you lose. How's that taste? That's okay. That is not some sort of incredible attack on the, the world of decency. No one was injured. No one was harmed. Someone went like that in the other person's face because they won and they didn't. That's what this is. That's what competition is. Take it easy, everybody. I love it. I think that's part of the animosity. I think that's part of why we like sports. And I see so many people who are so upset by it and so in their feelings on it who are of a certain age, really my generation, who were raised on it. Their, their, their mother's milk as sports fans was disrespect and talk, talking trash, talking whatever you want to call it. That's what we did back in the day. And that's what I wish we still did in a time and place. Our beloved Michael Jordan, the face of our sports fanhood and sports media for 25 years, never shut up from the second he got on the court to the second he left. And that, then in the locker room to his own teammates, to the locker room on the bus. Go ahead and Google what Michael Jordan would say to Muggsy Bogues on the floor. I'm not even going to say it. 
Everybody and everybody took some. Remember when we watched The, the Last Dance? And he sees Larry Bird and he sees him in the tunnel on the buses and he goes, Hey, Larry, how you doing? Leap you, bitch. And they laugh. That's trash talk. That's what they do. The Kembe Matumbo back in the day used to wag his finger at the players after he blocked their shot. And then they started teeing him up, so we had to do it to the crowd. It was awesome. It was awesome. And even the players who shot he blocked, like, what are you going to do? Mount Matumbo blocked my shot. I got the finger wag. It's almost kind of an honor. He won. I didn't. I better be better next time. Reggie Miller choking to a, a beloved film director, a New York icon. It's courtside at Madison Square Garden. Amazing. We're just talking gestures here. Same thing that happened in this weekend with the women's basketball. Gestures. Choking. Finger wagging. It's, it's awesome. I love it. I miss it. I understood the new heightened sensitivity and respect. And that's all great in the community. That's all great in the classroom. That's all great in the family. I just like it that it's sometimes in a big game with two really good opponents, specifically two individuals going after each other, that when one wins and one loses, the other one says, yo, what time is it? How do you like that? That's fine. That's great. And you know who didn't have a problem with it? Caitlin Clark. She didn't turn around and punch her. She didn't go on Twitter and whine and say it's disrespectful. No, she won. I lost. I absolutely love it. I love it. And I think you see it all the time. All, wherever you want to go. Don't you do it with your friends? Isn't that what you do when you're playing, I don't know, tennis with your friends, or Madden, or basketball, or fantasy football? Isn't that the best part of it? It's just talking bleep to them when you beat them, and them doing it to you when they beat you? It's okay. This was not children doing it. This was, this was not little kids. There was nothing vulgar about what she did. There was nothing indecent. It's a finger with a hand wave in front of the face. It was awesome. You did that earlier, guess what? You're gonna take some now. All right, yeah, you won. And there's this whole, well, what are we supposed to tell our children? If you're really that bothered by it, it's simple. You point to the TV and you tell your children not to do it if that's not how you wanna raise them. It's very easy. I hate what am I supposed to tell my kids. Tell them whatever you want, you're the parents. Tell them. I, 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 I coach little kids. We don't do that stuff because they're little kids. We had some of that earlier. Last year, we had kids who were doing the gritty from third base to home base after they got walked in because the poor kid on the mound threw a six straight walk and he's coming apart and he's crying. We cut that out really quick. But listen, maybe we would have felt differently if when the pitcher on the mound, as young as he was, had struck out a couple batters, he was doing the gritty back to the dugout. That's what's going on here, right? Eye for an eye. It's amazing to me that's people are that sensitive to it. It's not even this supposedly soft younger generation, these TikTokers, even Gen Z. I see people online just getting all mad about it who were born in the 70s, who went through the 80s and 90s NBA and NFL, and that's the reason why they are sports fans. It's fine. It's a human nature to say, I won, you lost. You don't hurt somebody. You don't hit them. You don't spit on them. You don't do something indecent. You don't even swear at them. Quick little wave, see ya. It's awesome. I absolutely love it. I want more of it. I like these things. I like the, not only that, I like villains and antagonists. And that's not even what this is. That's just the next level of talking trash. Then there's the guys who are out there to irritate and agitate. We, we can't all just be the nice guy or the nice girl. You like Barry Sanders back in the day going into the end zone and dropping the ball. I like Deion Sanders. He's very entertaining. He would dance. He would start high-stepping at the 40-yard line. So disrespectful to the defense. Shut up. 
Do you really feel that way or are you saying that because you think it's the right thing to say? You, were you really offended by what happened with the hand wave in front of the face? Or are you doing some sort of weird social media performative act to, to jump in with some sort of crowd that you think is the right side of things and to get attention? Is it just, is it fake? Is it genuine? Is that really how you feel that you saw that and you're just aghast? Do you understand the full context that the player who got it waved at her was waving it at other people and has, plays a very unapologetic, edgy game in which she has swagger to her and she comes on, sometimes disrespects people who are guarding her? It's great. You can't just have lemmings out there on the basketball court, especially basketball, where it's so intimate and there's no face masks and no real obtrusive uniforms and it's just face-to-face, five-on-five, body-on-body, up and down the courts. Yeah, you get mad. It's human nature. It's human nature. You block somebody's shot, give them a little head nod. It's awesome. I, I love it. That's why we watch sports. That's why you play sports. And I just can't understand anybody who's out there who makes their living off of sports who is trying to say, enough of that. We can't do it. Take a deep breath, okay? The world's not going to end. This is not the end of sportsmanship. A lot of sportsmanship in the tournament. A lot of sportsmanship in that game. Somebody went like this to another player who had done it already. They deserved it. Everybody moved on. You do it too. I thought it was my favorite thing from the entire weekend. Let's move on to what is hilarious. No, what I hate. I almost switched it up. Let's get to what I hate. Come on. I think we made it here, guys. I think I hate the Lamar Jackson story right now. I, I can't I can't abide it. I can't talk about it because there's paralysis right now with the Lamar Jackson story. Where do we go? What do we do? We've talked about this thing for weeks and months. It is unresolved. It's just kind of sitting there festering. There's no news. There's no development. There's no end in sight. The draft is weeks away. The draft may be the thing that determines this, because if he is going to get traded, there's going to be picks involved that are far less valuable after the draft than they are before, and that's great. As the draft is at the end of the month, we just started April. You want to do this for three more weeks? I don't. Because we know how important it is, we know how fascinating it is, we know it's really unprecedented, and yet we know nothing else. So when Lamar does some strange cryptic tweet about nothing, or about his fitness product, Everybody does backflips because it's that big of a deal. The Ravens are this very tight, classic organization that is not leaking things. They're not saying much. John Harbaugh gets caught in the crosshairs at the annual meeting with Lamar tweeting just as he sits down. And all he wants to say over and over is, oh, we love Lamar. We love Lamar. We love Lamar over and over. We know it. But then you start to think, you know, even this morning I was saying, you know, I think they should really think about trading him. He doesn't want to be there. They can't get a deal done. So maybe you should cut bait and just say it was a great run and we'll miss you always, Lamar. And then I'm saying it on Good Morning Football, and Peter Schreck is like, yeah, trade it to who? Who are they trading to? It's a good question. There is nobody. They could have traded him the second uh, the trade request came out. They could have traded him last week, this week. There's nothing. There's nothing going on. This story is driving me nuts right now. At least the Rodgers thing has this, yeah, well, they're going to work out to the Jets eventually. We know he's not going to play for the Packers anymore. And he will get done to the Jets. Just a matter of this blinking contest has to be end, and eventually it'll get done. I don't know what's happening with Lamar. I don't know if he's going to be a Raven next year. I don't know if he's going to be a Colt, a Falcon. I, I don't know if he's going to sit the whole year out. Nobody does. The insiders don't know squat. You don't know it. I don't know it. It's frustrating. Because all we're left with is this game of, 
Oh, the Lamar Jackson bingo card. You turn on any Lamar Jackson segment, including this one, and you will hear the exact same terms just recycled over and over if you had your bingo card of Lamar Jackson, which is really annoying little way of talking about sports anymore. Oh, the bingo card, I don't care. That's what I'm resorting to at this point. The center square for Lamar Jackson would probably be doesn't have an agent. Everyone just gets that. That's always coming up in every Lamar conversation. Then you're gonna get into Injury risk, uh, if you get that, injury risk, you can put a little, little token on that. Scribble that one out with your marker. Guaranteed money is on there. Deshaun Watson always comes up. He gets his own square separate from guaranteed money. Then you get into, you know, the Ravens built that offense around him. Now, if you're starting to get all these, you're almost about to get bingo, or in this case, it would be Lamar. And then if you, you're going to get to people... If, well, he's going to bet on himself. He's going to sign the tender. Nope, I think he's going to hold out. I think he is dug in. I think these are the same terms. It's the same Lamar Jackson gumbo. You just put it in a pot, stir up these terms, take a ladle, drop it in the bowl, and that is it. Because there is nowhere new to go. What is the fresh take on Lamar? Even in the age of this, these provocateurs trying to throw at anything, do they even have anything? Are they saying anything like, Lamar should retire, or Lamar should be traded to the Patriots or the Cowboys. Even the people who just throw things against the wall and hope it sticks and they get clicks, I'm not hearing much from them. I'd welcome one of those Lamar should be a Dallas Cowboy take. I, I, any of them. Any of them. It's silent right now. And the problem is there's no end to the silence in sight. Because there's no trade offers that we know of. There's nothing forcing everybody's hand like the NFL draft for weeks. I don't like it. I've liked the Lamar story for a lot of times. I like many parts of it. Where do you go? Are you just punch drunk with this as a sports fan? Are you so sick of hearing about it? I don't know what to do with the story. I just hate it. I, it's, it's Normally we just ignore it. Fine. We don't need to talk about Odell Beckham Jr.'s landing spots. We don't need to talk about Ezekiel Elliott's landing spots. Those are different deals. Lamar is a massive figure who represents more than just another starting quarterback in the league. He represents a lot of things that are very important to fans and, and franchises and the sport itself and the future of it. It's very important. This is NFL history happening in front of us. And we just sit. We just sit and sit and sit. Center square, guys. Go ahead and play along. If I'm missing any of these squares, oh, how do you not have this on it? Please let me know, but the center squares doesn't have an agent, and then we just work our way around the board. Maybe we'll continue to add to the board. Right now, I like Lamar Jackson. I like the Ravens. I hate the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens story. I love what's hilarious, though. This is wildly different. Let's get into this. This is a sentence that I've been wanting to say my whole life. You know what's hilarious? Interviewing Carrot Top on remote, on live TV, about college basketball is hilarious. And it happened. This is the best. So you see the Final Four. It's not exactly uh, a who's who of blue bloods and blue chips and whatnot. Uh, in, in, included in that group is the since-eliminated Florida Atlantic University. So uh, our beloved worldwide leader says, We gotta spice this thing up, baby. Let's go. Let's do the thing where we look at one of these schools that maybe everyone is not as familiar with as they might be with Duke or Kentucky or something, and let's find some notable alums. Go to the wiki page, and there it is, notable alums. And if you do that for FAU, you get to a gentleman named Scott Thompson, 
who you know as Carrot Top. Carrot Top has been doing stand-up comedy for decades. He's got big red hair. He's come to be known over the last 15, 20 years, maybe even as just being incredibly jacked. He does prop comedy. He was once in a movie called Chairman of the Board where he was a surfer. It was sort of like a Billy Madison knockoff. I shouldn't know that, but I do. Most importantly, I have a new favorite work by Carrot Top. And it is the uh, inimitable Reese Davis on ESPN doing a live interview with Carrot Top, reflecting on his time at FAU, where Carrot Top went, and how special it is for him that his alma mater is now in the Final Four. Live, on remote, with a delay, bizarre dynamic for a guest, guest who maybe doesn't know everything about what's going on with the topic involved, and you have this. Just sit back and enjoy it. We're going to let this go for a little bit because I have a lot to dissect about it. Reese, Reese leaves it all on the field and Carrot Top. Just, just go. Without further ado, Reese Davis interviewing Carrot Top about college basketball on live TV on a remote. Distinguished alum and star in Las Vegas, Carrot Top. Carrot Top joins oh. us now. Hey, what's this been like for you watching your school go to the Final Four? It's unbelievable. I mean, I went to college so many years ago when I, in fact, the, the year I went to the FAU, there was no, there were no really uh, uh, places we had to sit in trailers. We did most of our classes in trailers. There was a lot of dirt. Um, we had like one little building. In fact, the only dorm room that's uh, no longer there is the one that I used to live in. But uh, there was no football program. There was no, uh, there was really nothing. I think we had women's baseball or women's softball, but uh, that was it. No swim team, no Nothing. Nothing. I think the basketball team started the year after after you left. So how have you? How's your fandom developed here over the over the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, I mean, the school itself has grown into this you know monster. Every time I'd say I went to FAU, they say, "Oh, FIU." Uh, they wouldn't get FAU as the school they that, that they recognize them down there. And it's, I think more people are excited. F I think more people have they hit that you up for donations yet? Oh. Yeah, I'm surprised they <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't yet. They probably know I have no money. But um they should ask. I mean I might. <laughs> when yeah, I went to FAU notoriety to be asked when if, I, if nothing when else. When I went to FAU we called it find another university. That's how bad it was. Um, and I think <laughs> I think it's true. It's true. I think more people are shocked that the FAU is in the Final Four than the fact that I actually went to college. I really think that. <laughs> you, you have a show tonight. How, how are you going to watch the I game? Do have a Where show are you going to watch the game? Well, I'm going to have to record it because I'm going to be on stage at the same time it's happening. So I'm going to get like the little feeds like you have, and they're going to give me the, the, the score every, every few minutes and let me know uh, how it's going. We'll do like a live well, check-in That could with the spoil crowd. it, though. I mean... Yeah, I know. I'm gonna. I'm okay, probably I'll, not gonna do that. We could just keep going. First of all, huge respect to Reese Davis. Uh, I, I relate on, on a, a smaller level than he. I have not worked as long, nor as with the stature if he has. But I've done some remote interviews uh, that are rough. <laughs> 
why is that so significant that it's remote? It's easy to sit there and talk to someone, have a normal human conversation. The remote, A, they're in a tiny little box on the other side of the country, and the delay, you can't have any real back and forth or spontaneity. It has to be completely stilted and linear. You talk, I talk. And with a comedian, let alone someone who's not used to talking about sports, that's not gonna happen. So you get those weird things where you step on each other. Huge, huge credit to him. And huge respect to Caratop, going out of his comfort zone. That said, the first thing that comes up, what's with Caratop's look? When did he go from having red hair to having pink hair? <laughs> and if he has to dye his hair, why wouldn't he dye it traditionally red? It's disarming to see that he, I've been looking at Caratop for decades, that he now has pink hair, he's got glasses on, he's wearing a tank top with his own name in front of it. It's just a jarring aesthetic from the get-go, but maybe that's what you want from Caratop. There's a little thing that also happens when you bring on a comic, and I've done it before, I've brought on comics to talk about their favorite team or their hometown team. Guys, you gotta come and be funny. You have to come out with jokes. ESPN is not bringing Carrot Top on to talk about the history of FAU and their lack of different sports. And wow, that's interesting that they only had tri Come out with a joke, baby. We're getting an icebreaker joke. We're going to Carrot Top. We're not going to Jay Billis or any sort of, we're talking about Cosmos with Carrot Top. Please, come out with a joke fast, Carrot Top. You're, a, you're a, a, a venerable live performer. You know you gotta get that first laugh. We were three questions in before Carrot Top even attempted a joke, which he landed. The one about, yeah, people used to think it was F, he was fine in another university. Great, perfect, palatable, clean, PG rated, catchy, funny. I probably would have started with that, but I'm not the professional comic. We're going on about, yeah, they, they had uh, women's baseball. I don't think they had women's, women's softball. There were no sports. That's, that's interesting, but buddy, we, we got to hit the ground running. This is a live segment. We're talking, go, jokes, takes on. Also, constantly touching the screen, probably to like flick text messages away or notifications are coming in. This is ESPN, this is a worldwide leader, this is pretty big, this is not, you know, it's some little small time thing. You probably wanna like turn off that or disable that or something. You're on TV, like your buddies are texting you and you're flicking it away, not the best. Um, the delay is rough, rough, because Reese is sitting there in a suit on the set and he's trying to he's trying to have fun because you know when he got to work that day or the night before he's looking at the rundown oh my god we're having carrot top on all right I'm gonna try to have fun with this guy get some jokes like I'm not interested in his basketball analysis but like we just got to get jokes about FAU so I'm gonna try to get him going and it's just difficult it's very difficult with the delay I don't usually like watching train wreck stuff it makes me uncomfortable because I've been the engineer of some of those trains before, but for some reason, I absolutely love that. Carrot Top takes, attempts to make the joke about, yeah, I think I'm gonna be wearing like that earpiece you got, uh, like, so I can get scores updated. And then, well, Reese is like, well, you don't wanna do that, and he's gonna ruin it for you. He's like, yeah, I'm not really gonna do that. Just like, <laughs> way off, way off. And then, Lisa makes a joke about like, I don't have any money, but actually I do. Was that enjoyable for you, was that torture? I, for some reason, I think it's mostly just looking at Carrot Top, and I love the idea that <laughs> Reese sat down that day, and he's like, all right, we're we gonna talk about the lineups here, these great stories of some of these kids, we find their, their interesting background, and maybe they, they had a rough upbringing, and they've persevered, and man, what would this mean to cut down that net? And actually, we just have Carrot Top on. You know that guy with the crazy red hair who does prop comedy? He went to FAU, let's ask him some questions. 
All right, let's go. Does he have anything to say? I don't know. We have no idea. That was awesome. It's, it's, uh, I love both of them in their own ways. Reese trying to make something of it. And you just picture the producer who brought him on just sitting there watching the monitor, just like pulling their hair out and picking their nails. Like, oh man, this is kind of weird. Ah, they keep talking over each other. Ah, what can we do? Nothing. Just get through it. And you can't just cut bait after two questions. You got Carrot Top there. You know, I don't even know if it ended with like, did they promote his gig? I, who knows? I loved that interview. I want him to come back. I wish FAU had won just so Carrot Top could come back. I wish they would win the whole thing so that Carrot Top could do a media tour and we could just ask him college basketball questions. Not about the back in the day when there was women's baseball at FAU, but just college basketball and he can just keep flicking those text messages off. That was great. That's beautiful. Reese, great job. Scott Thompson, love you. I genuinely watched Chairman of the Board when I was a junior high. I enjoyed it. Uh, but that's it. We have a very special guest. Let's get to him right now because we're going to pull from headlines. This is an old friend of mine. Hey, spring is in the air and that can only mean one thing. Spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. With 50% off site-wide, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged tender steaks, ocean fresh seafood, juicy burgers, incredible air chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Yeah! Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code BASEMENT at checkout, you'll receive an additional $30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code BASEMENT at checkout and take advantage of this deal. Do it. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away and you're gonna wanna hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. You feel me? Don't miss your chance to save. Visit omahasteaks.com, use code BASEMENT at checkout and get an additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Minimum order may be required. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got him. We got him on the freeway. My favorite wrestler at any WrestleMania. It's The Miz. Mike, how are you, dude? Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm doing awesome. I'm on the 101 right now, headed to Crypto.com for Monday Night Raw. We had an amazing two-night event of WrestleMania at SoFi Stadium, sold out. Uh, I believe we broke records there. It was over 161,000 people, and the matches were second to none, man. I'm telling you what. People are going to be talking about this WrestleMania for a very long time. No doubt. This is an all-timer. Mike, you had a wild weekend. How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling physically? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll never listen to another Snoop Dogg album ever again. <laughs> uh, I bought... He, Doggy Style was one of my first CDs I ever bought in high school. And now I can't even, I can't even hear his voice anymore. He put me in... Three impromptu matches over the, I mean, that no one's ever had three matches at WrestleMania 
And I did that this year. So I guess I broke a record, but uh, I'll never draft George Kittle as my tight end. I don't even, I don't care if he's the last tight end, Kyle. I will choose a quarterback. I will choose a running back. I will leave a tight end blank. I have never, I don't ever want to hear George Kittle's name. I'll, I'll choose Kyle Rudolph over, over George Kittle. And as far as Pat McAfee's concerned, I'm not listening to the Pat McAfee show ever again. You know, I was a fan of Pat McAfee, but no yep. more. No more, my friend. I'm all about you, Kyle Brandt. Uh, I'm all about you, too. You know what's funny, Mike? There's going to be a TMZ headline from this conversation, and it's going to be The Miz. I'm out on doggy style. That's going to, you know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it for him. It's going to happen. All right, so, Mike, let's go through this quickly while you're on the highway. So, night one, you come out with Snoop. You grew up listening to him in Ohio. This is so cool. Snoop is amazing. All of a sudden, there's this match that he says, you're going to have a match right now. McAfee walks out. What's going through your head? Take us through it. Uh, first off, I'm in a $10,000 custom suit that I had made for WrestleMania. I had two nights of WrestleMania. I wanted to do something special, something amazing, something incredible. And then Stoops like, yeah, I'm the dog father of WrestleMania. Like, I'm the host of WrestleMania. I can't officiate a match. I can talk about matches. I can promote matches. I can make people laugh. I can sing. I can dance. I can do all these things. And then the dog father of WrestleMania goes, well, guess what? I have the power to officiate a match, and you're doing one right now. It's like, wait a second. I don't have knee pads on. I haven't stretched. Like, I'm in a $10,000 suit that I don't want to ruin. And not to mention, Pat McAfee comes out. And then while I'm talking to Snoop, I turn around, and Pat McAfee sucker punches me. And then. I get I, I literally roll out of the ring to get my bearings straight, and George Kittle hops the barricade, and no one comes to stop him, and he takes my head off, and then you know Pat McAfee punts my face off, and covers one two three. I mean, what do you want me to do? I was in a two on one handicap match in a ten thousand dollars suit, suits ruined. So mm. that that was my day on Saturday. How was your day on Saturday, Kyle? My day was fine. I was watching you, dude. I was watching you and wondering, you know, <laughs> Will Smith is allowed to go up and smack Chris Rock and no one does anything. Kittle is allowed to jump the barricade, not a wrestler, and attack you. I will say, Mike, it appeared that you antagonized him. What was it that you said to Kittle, undrafted in your fantasy league, that got him that pissed? Uh... I think I said sit down, but I think I used a, a prof- profanity word. Uh, so I don't want to use it on your on your prestigious show. Sure. But I said sit sure. your at down and uh, and uh, kind of got in his face. But look, he was talking smack to me. And look, mm-hmm. I see George Kittle. I'm going to push him. You know, I didn't do anything to him. I pushed him down in his seat. And by the way, I'm so jack. Like, it was very easy to push him <laughs> and make him sit down. Like, he was standing, I pushed him, and he almost fell over his seat. That's how, that's how strong I am. Like, George Kittle's supposed to be a guy that can block people, and, you know, I took him down. So, I'm almost thinking, like, man, maybe the 49ers want me as their tight end to block better than <laughs> well, Kittle. Well, listen, Mike, lest anyone from Team Kittle might be watching, there was a very aggressive clothesline from Kittle. You've taken some shots. Was that up there as an intense one or entry level? No, it was a very intense. But look, there's no doubt the power of George Kittle and the uh, the athleticism and the talent. I mean, you see it on display every Sunday and sometimes even Monday and Thursdays. 
I mean, almost every day of the week, I guess you could say for, for NFL now. But, I mean, he's an immense amount of talent. He's very strong. Uh, but, look, he can stay in the NFL. The My domain is WWE. Stick in your lane. I'll stick in mine. You know, enjoy Brock Purdy when he comes back. Maybe a little Sam Darnold. Uh, maybe Trey Lance if he's back. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that whole team is injury prone uh, as well as as well as George Kittle. I'm surprised his arm didn't fall off when he hit my, my steel jaw. Well, listen, I'm going to get to the next point. You're talking about injuries. Night two, you dust yourself off. The $10,000 suit is ruined. You're back with Snoop. And you're like, you know, last night was last night. He says, well, let's bring somebody else out. Shane McMahon comes out, and you guys start going at it. And in about three seconds, he's in a heap on the mat. What happened? What's going on? I mean, we always tell kids not to do what we do at home for a reason. It is a very, very dangerous what we do. And we are trained professionals, and things happen in the ring that are sometimes out of your control. Uh, when you get in the ring with me, you know, you might get hurt. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that kind of happened with, with Shane. Uh, but then Snoop took it in his hands again and literally said, hey, guess what? Uh, Miz, you're in another match and didn't tell me about it and sucker punches <laughs> me. And I don't know if you saw, he had his big rings on, his little death row rings. And literally just, yeah. it's basically like a brass knuckle and knocked me once. My steel jaw took it and I got back up again <laughs> and he had to do another one, a sucker punch again. And then what does he do? Uh, a people's elbow on me. Uh, so to just to just add to the fun, that yeah. is Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Listen, I read it as McMahon is down with an injury. You played it all classy. You were a gentleman. You did not start kicking him. You did not attack him. Thank you. you did not try to pin him. You're like, this person's injured. I'm a man of sport and I'm going to lay back. Snoop sucker punches you. And like Snoop feels like he's like 6'5", like 105 pounds. He's always so skinny. But he must have packed a punch, or was it all the brass knuckles, Mike? Because you were down, dude. I, I gotta be honest, you were packed down. Packed a punch, packed a punch. But those rings he had on, I mean, I think, I, I don't even know if you can tell, I still got like an indent in my chin. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't break his hand when he felt my steel jaw. But, you know, it happens. It does. And you want to say Probably for the record, Mike, because people want to know. No, you are you for the out on both gin and juice for life. You will never touch them. I'm not drinking gin and juice. Uh, you're you're absolutely correct. I will no longer uh, doggy style anymore. My apologies to my wife. Uh, you know I can't even look at my dog. I walked. I got home and I saw my dog Opal, and I was like, I can't even look at you right now. You're actual a real dog, and I can't even look at you right now. So yeah, every anything between dogs. Is just I'm out on. No more, no yes. longer, no more CDs of of Snoop Dogg. He is not my friend. Uh, you know, it, WrestleMania is all about moments. Granted, that was an incredible moment for Snoop mm -hmm. Dogg, not for me. And it was a great moment for the fans, I guess, because I, I I literally I could hear. Obviously, I was out, but I could hear what was going on. And it's not nice that the entire crowd is cheering for Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm the superstar yeah. here. Like, yes. I'm the guy here. And you know what's even worse? The night before, you know, Pat McAfee goes something about tiny balls, and I had 80,000 people chanting that I had tiny balls, and I don't. <laughs> I have very nice. Like, my wife says they're perfect. Yeah. Above average balls. But massive. <laughs> um, Mike, 
You're the best. I will leave you with the last question. I, I, I hate to press you on this. You're out on all things dog. I know you were born and raised a Cleveland Browns fan. We have the whole dog pound thing going on still. How do you reconcile that? That's, that's tough, man, because I'm a huge Cleveland really Browns tough. fan. But, you know, I, know. I look at it like this. I always look at the Browns like this. When the Browns succeed and do well, the city succeeds and does well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about when a team is doing well, like you look at the Cavaliers, you look at the Guardians. Yeah. They're always, you know, kind of in that playoff run. And I love what the Cavs are doing right now, man. It's They're a young nucleus. They look fantastic. Yeah. And Spida is just an absolute elite talent. And I think they're going to go deep into the playoffs, if not even the NBA finals. Um, As far as the Guardians are concerned, they're always in the playoffs, which it gets the city rumbling. But the Browns are the backbone and you need a great team. And I really feel that Stefanski can lead this team to a Super Bowl. I think they have all the components. They have weapons on offense and defense. And I always say this. And it was funny when I saw you at the draft this year and we both got to, you know, announce our team's draft picks, right? And you were like, hey, yeah. what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I've been trying to think. I've been trying to conjure up. It's hard to be a Browns fan. It's not hard to be yeah. a Bills fan. Like, a Bills right. fan is very, very easy because you guys are always dominant, always good. Uh, you know, back in the day, I remember Jim Kelly just dominating, yeah. and now you got Josh Allen. For me, we're always, like, saying we're going to be good. And we never are. You know what I mean? But this is the first time that I feel like this team can be something, can do something. And I hope that they really will. The best. Mike is all class. The Miz, you know him, you love him. Listen, he's never showed up to win a Snoop's concert, gone on stage and punched him with brass knuckles. But Snoop did that in his world, and it's a disgrace. And I love you, Mike. Thank you. Drive carefully. We'll see you on Monday Night Raw. You're the best. You too, man. Thank you, bud. All right, brother. Bye. That's it. I'm thrilled from that. He said a lot of things there. There was a slight at Pat McAfee. There's a slight at Snoop. He went after uh, George Kittle, said he was very easy to push over. He's supposed to be this big tough guy who blocks people. Pushed him right over. Um, It was awesome. I love Mike. I love The Miz. We got to end the show right now. So I'm going to throw a dart. What a great great cameo from Mike. It's come by the show just like that. No big deal. Hardworking man. I've known Mike for a long time. I met Mike in uh, 2001. He did the real world season right before mine. So we were at parties together and it's just good, good, good guy to know back in the day. Question uh, is number nine today. Topic number nine. Um, Look at Miz just texted me. Just wanted to say thanks, bud. Hope all is well and the connection was okay. Mike, the connection was great. You're great. I love you. Number nine is, who do you pick in Mario Kart? Great question. I play Mario Kart all the time now because my son has found it. Um, I pick Wario. Always drive with Wario. It's probably cost me a bunch of races because Wario is not terribly fast, especially in the new games on the Nintendo Switch. I like the bad guys, guys. I do. I like the lot of personality. I like his giant yellow overalls. I like his double mustache, lightning bolt thing. And I like it. I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna win. I like the bad guys. Occasionally Waluigi, but I like the girth of Wario. And my son just beats me almost every single time, no matter what I do. I got probably 5,000 hours of playing Mario Kart in my life, and I cannot beat a nine-year-old. But I will never stray from Wario. That's my guy. Stand by your man. Uh, Guys, that's it. We talked about all kinds of stuff today. Thank you to Mike, The Miz. Follow him on social. He's the best. And um, share, subscribe, all this stuff to the basement. It helps. I love you. See ya. Exit through the garage.
close the door on your way out.